Welcome to The Power of the Cross with special guest minister, Lauren Larson. Listen, if you have if you have doubt about what God has promised you and you're in a valley tonight, then you need to separate yourself for a few minutes time and say, God, you need to speak to me. I need your word. And he will. I guarantee you he will. And after he does, if you're not sure, he'll confirm it because you'll get that word in your spirit and you'll turn on the radio and the preacher will be preaching it. You go to church and the preacher will be preaching it. You turn on the radio station and the singer will be singing it. And over and over again, all you're going to hear is, guess what, folks? The anchor still holds. And God will bring it across. And at least for that day, I'm a little more secure and I'm able to move forward and wait for the promise. And here's the beauty of it. What God said is going to come to pass every time, not sometimes, but every time what God said is going to come to pass. Look at what he said when the word came. This is so dynamic. Here's what, here's what the word said. Fear not. So the first thing he's going to do is give you peace. If you'll look for his voice, isn't it Brother Swigert's song that says, His voice makes the difference. Yeah, it's his voice. And what his voice says is, I haven't forgotten you. Fear not. Fear not. And you know what? It's that simple. He's not saying you're going to get what you've been hoping for, what I promised today. He's saying, don't worry. Be anxious for nothing. Talk to me about the need. Talk to me about what you're learning. Talk to me about maybe your effort to make this thing come to pass when you should have been waiting on my effort to make this thing come to pass. You know, but he'll bring you through a place that has peace that passes all understanding. In Philippians, in chapter 4, he says, when uh, you're having a struggle, be anxious or worry for nothing. Nothing? Nothing. Nothing? Nothing. You mean not even just nothing. Be anxious for nothing. How many of you besides me blow that? Amen. But here's what he tells us to do. Uh, That we are to pray and make supplication and pray. I just put it in a common general prayer. Supplication is that get down and dirty. Get your face into the carpet and slobber and let your eyes be. I mean, pray until God speaks something to you. And in the midst of all that, don't forget to pray and supplicate with praises and thanksgiving unto God. Salt and pepper your time of prayer. And the Bible says that if you'll do that, it doesn't say that he'll end the wait for the promise. He doesn't say that he'll move and do everything that day. But what he does is he'll send peace that passes all understanding in your heart. And for that moment, in that time, ladies and gentlemen, you can walk through life Trusting in the promise to come and not be anxious. Fear not. Now, God doesn't say that to people who aren't afraid. Okay, I know it's not Hebrew and it's not even in the Greek language, but God doesn't say fear not when you're not afraid. He says fear not when we're afraid. 
Now, that's not rocket science, but I hope that it falls on the ears of some who teach, well, if you have faith, you're never afraid. Buddy, if you live this life every now and then, you're going to have fear smack you up alongside the head and steal your heart for a little while. So, faith doesn't say that we won't face fear. Faith says, through the help of God, we overcome fear. Big difference. Because if you think you're never supposed to experience fear, not only are you facing fear, but you're also facing religious condemnation. It's a bunch of hogwash. Don't buy into it. But when you face fear, then you face it the way that God says to face it. And he says, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. In fact, if you count fear not in the Bible, it's 63 times. Be not afraid is 28 times. 91 times God says, be not afraid and fear not to people who are afraid. And we're afraid that what we're hoping for, what we're asking God for, and, and our will is tied up with his, his will for us. We're really wanting what he wants because he said it. And we're afraid now, like Abram, that it's not going to come to pass, that we won't realize it, that somehow we've gone past the time and it just can't work anymore. And what is God going to do? And, uh, and God just steps on the scene and he says, fear not. Trust me. Peace. Be still. And the miracle doesn't necessarily happen, but the miracle of peace, I've learned over the last few years, facing physical issues of heart problems, even cancer, that God has brought me through that are over now. But I fought to keep hold of my peace in the midst of the storm. And that has become the most important aspect of my Christian experience. Because if I am peaceful in my own heart and mind when I go through the day, I'm going to be all right. Because peace to me is God's stamp of approval on my heart. Doesn't again mean that I have everything perfect or I'm doing everything perfect, but in those days when the battle got so hot and I was facing those physical issues, I've told you this before in this congregation, I found a place on my porch where I stayed until the peace of God came. I stayed still until his peace came, and his peace wasn't the end of the battle, it just was the provision for the day. And I'm not going to live without that peace anymore, Pastor. You can have it all. I'm just not going to. Wor- I'm. I'm not going to live without that peace. I fight for this peace. Fear not. Number two. He said this to Abram. He said, "I am thy shield." <laughs> now this is awesome. Why is it awesome? Because the shield, and, and I'll explain it to you, in the Bible there's generally two types of a shield. One of the shield was in the New Testament times of a big shield. It was a, the Roman shield, and um, the armies would plant the shield in the ground, and they would the whole shield would run across the whole front of the battleground, and the soldiers would get up behind that shield, and nothing could get through it. Well, that isn't this shield. <laughs> This shield is a smaller weapon of defense. 
and the armament would be put on the arm and it was strong enough to deflect the arrows of the enemy, but it was small enough to move it no matter where the enemy was coming, the shield could be positioned to guard you. So when God says to Abram, fear not, he's promising him peace, then he says, I am thy shield. He's promising protection. He's saying it doesn't matter where the enemy comes from, I got you back. It doesn't matter where the enemy comes from, I got you front. doesn't matter where the enemy comes from, I've got your side. So whether it's a frontal assault or it's a sneak attack or something sneaking in from the side, God is still your protection. While you're waiting for your promise to come to pass, while you're waiting what God has said he was going to do in your life and through your life and for your family and through your family, then you can be sure that God will be your protection. So God is going to give you peace and God is going to be your protection. Fear not, Abram, for I... And thy shield, I'm the one. Listen, when you got to protect yourself, you're in a world of hurt. But when you're counting on God to protect you, it doesn't matter how many enemies come. It doesn't matter what enemies come. It doesn't matter if it's physical. doesn't matter if it's financial. doesn't matter if it's in a relationship problem. God's got it. And if we'll trust him, he'll help us through every single provision uh, that we have to have. He said, I will protect you. We're in a covenant relationship with God. The cross cut covenant for us, and when we said yes to Jesus, we became a covenant member of God's family. And what that means is that whatever God has available to him, he will expend on your behalf to protect you. Covenant, listen, yeah. So all you can count on is whatever he has in heaven. All you can count on is whatever power God has available. All you can count on is the provision that comes from God. All you can count on is the protection that comes from God. All the... He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Under the shadow is a covenant term. It means God puts you under his wings like a hen does her chicks and says to your enemy, just come and try to get them from me. Do you understand what God is saying to Abram this morning? Do you understand what he's saying this evening? He's saying to Abraham, I'm your shield. I've got you protected. The enemy's going to attack. The enemy's going to try to weasel his way in. The enemy's going to try to destroy you. But you don't have to count on your strength. And you don't have to count on your ability. Because I'm in covenant relationship with you. And I have promised to expend all of my heavenly ability and everything that I have to protect you. All I'm asking you to do is to believe me. Believe me, God's got that shield up. Doesn't matter where the enemy is coming from, God's got that shield up. From the side, from the front, from the rear, from the back, God's got the shield. Fear not! I am thy shield. 
Thank you for listening to The Power of the Cross. We pray this message is a blessing to you. You can access our sermons at GrenadaChurch.com. We also ask you for your financial support in helping us reach the world with the gospel. You can donate to our ministry by secure means at GrenadaChurch.com and click Donate. Now, back to the message. God is protecting you. I know sometimes it doesn't feel like God is doing a very good job. That's just... Well, the problem of it is, and Joseph said this uh, in a message that he preached a while back at Family Worship Center, he said we'd be all right if we just quit stepping out in front of God. See, if you're going to be protected by the shield, you have to be behind it, not in front of. Yeah. Fear not, Abram. God will give us peace. I am thy shield. God will give us protection. And thirdly, I am, I am your exceeding, listen, great reward. The reward of all this, ladies and gentlemen, is not that we get a new house, we get a new car, we get a new job, we get a healing, we get a financial miracle. Sooner or later in all of this, I hope we come to the understanding that God himself, the person of God, The person of God. God who created heaven, earth, sea, and sky, and all that in them is. Looks at us and he says, I am your exceeding. That's better than anything else. Great. That's increase. Reward. That's a payment of contract, compensation, or benefit. God says, just knowing me. In all of this, you get to know me. This is better than your promise. See, the promise that God has given us revolves around our life, but God is not a promise. He's our exceeding great reward. You, a common man or woman living in Mississippi... Sit down every day, and on the inside of you dwells the Almighty God. Almighty God. Almighty God lives in you. He lives where you live. He works where you work. He walks where you walk. And sometimes we are so concerned about the promise that we live life looking over there. You know what over there is like, right? The grass is greener over there. Everything, when I finally get over there, when I get that, the problem is we're acquisitive, and when we get that, we just want something else. And we oftentimes set our sights on that and the grass is greener and, oh, God, get me over there. And we forget what life is really all about. Now, don't get mad at me here, but I'm a Harley-Davidson rider and there's an old 
statement about Harley's that said it's not about the destination, it's about the journey. Because while I'm riding, I'm going somewhere, I'm, I, but it's my one pastime. I don't play golf. People won't play with me. My handicap's too big. Oh, uh, yeah, you'll get it sooner or later. But it's the enjoyment of riding up Highway 61 from Baton Rouge all the way to Memphis. With the wind in your hair and the sun on your back, it's the journey. Every day of every moment of every life, every breath is taken with him. And sometimes, and here's what I'm trying to say to you, we're so busy looking over there, we forget that he is. He is. Jesus died so that he could live inside of you. God. Living in you. Dwelling in you. And you abide under the shadow of his, but he's the reward. In heaven, I don't think you're going to have a job. Your one job will be to honor the one who brought you there. So, listen, I've got to be careful here. Don't take me wrong. Your job today is important. You've got to have it for money. But who you are is a man or woman of God. Not because of what you do, but because of whom you've accepted. And the greatest treasure on the planet that the richest man in the world might not have is what you have. You have peace that passes all understanding. You have protection and provision and the potential of anything that God deems is correct for you happening in your life. You have the best of this world and you have another world that's even better coming. So before we look too far to the grass is always greener and the promise coming and me doing something for God, how about let's be happy with the fact that he lives in me? How about let's be happy that right here in Grenada, Mississippi, God is living in men and women who've accepted his son. And he says to you, it's not what I can do for you that's so great. It's who I am. I am thy exceeding great reward. In a time of great trouble in 1991, Brother Swigert took us all and said, I feel like we just need to pray. And that was certainly right because we sure didn't know what to do. Our world was falling apart fast for the second time and people were throwing us away left and right. We went to prayer at 10 a.m. as a staff, and there wasn't many of us. There was probably 8, 10, 12. Uh, Later, Brother Swigert would open it up to uh, the church, and it would increase to 25 or 30 people there in the morning. But sometimes there was 9 or 10 of us. Every night at 6.30, except for uh, Sunday, we had prayer meetings. 
and we began to seek God because we just didn't know what to do. We didn't know where to go. We didn't know what was going to happen. You don't even know what to ask for when your whole world collapses. But it was in those prayer meetings, and incidentally, they lasted 12 years. It was in those prayer meetings that somewhere in the first year, God spoke to Brother Swigert's heart and said, don't seek me for what I can do. Seek me for who I am. So let's take that advice. And I know Brother Swigert took it to heart. I think those prayer meetings are probably part of the reason that SBN exists today. But those prayer meetings didn't teach us to pray until we got what we wanted. It taught us relationship with God. Don't seek me for what I can do. Seek me for who I am because I, I am thy exceeding great reward. My friend, if you need peace, if you need protection, or you need true provision, he's everything you need. He's all that you need. And it's not wrong to have a vision and a looking forward to what God has promised. But don't lose sight of him. So I challenge you tonight, and I ask you, are you taking time to let his word speak to you? Do you hear him bringing you the ability to find peace, provision, and protection as you wait on the promise? Are you enjoying his presence? Are you enjoying him? This last Thanksgiving, as I close, I had all my family with me. It was wonderful. And Hannah and I have now raised four children, and they're all married. And three of them have given us grandchildren, ten of them. And Zach and Rachel, who were just married a year ago, don't have any children, but they brought a dog. <laughs> so two grandparents, four children and spouses, ten grandchildren and the dog. And it used to be when I was a young man, I would say, oh God, give me a family. And I kept looking for what God would do and what God would do. And this last week when we were all together, I just found a corner, sat in a chair, and watched what God had done. Can I invite you today to remember what God has already done and to relax and rejoice in what God is doing around you and enjoy the journey, for he is your great and exceeding reward? He is, and you can have him in your life full time, and you have him available because of your relationship with Jesus Christ. So tonight, my friend, God can be your peace God will protect you, but most of all, God himself is your provision. He's your exceeding great reward, and that's what makes the journey worthwhile. Do you know him tonight? Father, I thank you tonight that the greatest reward that we might have is simply in knowing you. It's loving you. It's walking with you. 
It's experiencing your provision, yes. Experiencing your protection, yes. Experiencing your peace. But most of all, Father, I thank you for these that know you. Tonight we're going to pray, and I'm going to ask you, I'm going to challenge you to take just a few minutes out of your busy schedule in your mind as the singers sing whatever they feel is right, and we give an altar call. If you're here today and you've been traveling through a difficult time and it's been just heartbreaking and mind-rendering and it's difficult, let's take just a moment before we leave here tonight and recognize that God is our peace. God is our protection. God is our provision. And let him be that to you. Don't leave here tonight before you get that in your heart and in your spirit so that you can walk out of here with what he has for you. A long time ago, a Roman jailer asked the important question to the Apostle Paul, what must I do to be saved? Paul's answer was immediate and to the point. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved and thy house. We have to realize that our sin separates us from God. And the Bible teaches us that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. So what did God do about this? He made it simple. Scripture says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, and whosoever believes on him shall not perish but have everlasting life. If you'll just take a moment and confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus Christ and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. Accept him as your Savior, resolving your mind to make him Lord of your life and follow him with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength as long as you live. If you've made a decision for Christ today, we would love to hear from you and send you a free Bible. Send us a message to info at GrenadaChurch.com. Thank you once again for listening to The Power of the Cross. If you have prayer requests, questions, or comments, email us at radio at GrenadaChurch.com or send them to the Lighthouse at P.O. Box 2441, Grenada, Mississippi, 38902. That's P.O. Box 2441, Grenada, Mississippi, 38902. God bless you and have a wonderful week.